Hi everyone and welcome to episode 139 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Laura. Hi guys. As you have probably realised, this is not Kingdom Hearts Union. No. We are stepping in for Brandon and Chiro and Sabrina. And it's an interesting time for us because we actually moved house this weekend. So yeah. the podcast may sound different production-wise. Yeah. Um, and, and also, um, I am suffering from a cold, have been all week. So am I. I know you are we too. We both sound very nasally. Yeah, we probably do. So um, we'll try not to hack and cough and do all that disgusting stuff too much. But, you know, we might be a bit slow. We might be going at turtle speed today. Yes, we're going to try our best though. Yes. Um, but we've got a three-segment show. We're going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy. We've got a slight news update, and then we've got questions, which we didn't answer last episode, <laughs> but we really wanted to answer this episode. Yes, we um, understand that we always ask for questions a bit too late, and we are going to work to get better at that this year. We're going to try. Yes. We're going to really, really, really try. We're going to really, really, really got to try. <laughs> All right. For you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is obviously part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, normally working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and we also have a YouTube channel, which is FF Union Vids. Heading on to our Patreon segment, so now we're going to do shout-outs for everyone who's pledged $2.50 or more per episode, and we are, of course, eternally grateful to you guys, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. You guys are yeah. the best. Even, you know, whatever you guys donate to us, I mean, that is just incredible. So starting off, we have Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Christian Burge. Christian Thompson at Orbit Said Gaming. Lewis James. Satria Jaya Sudharma at Satria 625 Ruben. Skylar Loveless. Tiger Crane at Papu Milkshake. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. William Trengrove at Varnas the Azure. Chris Morales. Digi Leo at Chub Arcanine. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Harley Crawley at Dark Zed T. Okami. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. Alex Troutman at Akira Namejin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Jason Rivera at Neo Archidaic. Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon225. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Kayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack95. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yon Ray. Tony Stemman at Tony Stemman. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Yay! Thank you, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Okay, so our featured discussion is the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy, which of course is this year. It's so crazy. And we have a big press conference that's planned for the 31st of January. And it's obviously also a Final Fantasy VII anniversary this year. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just wanted to talk really about what we're expecting for this year, the announcements-wise, uh, cool stuff that's happening, stuff that's already been announced. And, uh, yeah, just to run through the 30th anniversary. Um, I mean, we could talk about what it means for us, personally. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of wanted to more focus on just predictions thoughts and stuff um to be honest i think it's kind of hard to i mean with um games like i mean my first game was final fantasy 8 so for that to have like a 30th milestone a 30th anniversary milestone that would be important for me but because i didn't start with final fantasy one way back when i wasn't alive yet i don't believe so i don't i don't have as much of a connection to that Whereas, like, somebody who was actually playing the game at that time must be like, wow, 30 years, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have started with Final Fantasy 1 if it was actually released in my country. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, <laughs> Thanks, Square. I didn't I even have a choice. Um, yeah, no. But, I mean, but it's it, still important. It's still completely important. Yeah, but the emotional connection, I'm just kind of like, you know, yeah, it's great that it's 30, it's 30 years. It's just not 30 years that I... I, I look at these things as we're going to get some cool stuff. Yeah, and, it's true. And, and, that's, and that's how I see things. So in the previous, uh, they did 20th anniversary and 25th anniversary celebrations. I don't think they did anything before that. I don't remember them doing it for 10th or 15th. Um, no, I don't think they did. 
Well, I they don't might know. Have done, I think they did. I think they did smaller things. I think have... they really broke out the big guns for the twenty fifth well, anniversary. Like, no one started. I think it's more because it's become more global now. So yeah. the tenth anniversary would have been Final Fantasy Seven time yeah. when it came out. So I guess they probably didn't really because I mean they must have done something, but it. it wasn't as it yeah. wasn't as massive. I guess. Um, and I mean, even the twentieth anniversary. That's what I say because that wasn't even that big of a deal. They didn't really do anything as much as they did for the 25th. But I don't know no. if that's just because the 25th is seen as a bigger milestone than the 20th. Um, I don't know. And I it mean, makes me wonder, like, the reason why I'm saying this is because yeah. I don't know if the 30th anniversary is going to have quite as shab- as much shebang as the 25th. Sure. Because the 25th is, is obviously like a, it's a quarter of a century. Yeah. Whereas the 30th is not a quarter of a century. It's a, not even a third. It's a I don't know that weird... it's anything to do with that. I feel like it's just because, you know, for the 20th anniversary, they, it was a big anniversary for them, but they did more games releases, if I can remember correctly yeah. from our video. Um, so the 25th anniversary, social media was just picking well, up they and did getting a bit bigger. 20th so... anniversary, they did more game releases, but I don't, most of, well, so they had Dissidia, mm. which actually came out a year after. Then they had the anniversary editions of Final Fantasy 1 and 2. But other than that, I think that everything else they were doing was just stuff that happened to come out at that time. Yeah. Like, it's not like they were just going to say, guys, this year is exclusively for things related to the anniversary. Yeah. Everything else you were doing, put on hold. Yeah, no. I guess maybe they thought that they missed an opportunity, so they were just like, "All right, well, the twenty fifth is still a big, a big um." But they didn't do any, They did less for the twenty fifth. Well, they wise. did more. Yeah, games wise, they did less, but celebration wise, they did more because they had like um the distant worlds special but I'm just, concerts that's why I'm, and that kind of thing. I can't imagine them doing anything massive for the thirty fifth anniversary. No, no, but that's just because they just thought it was an opportune time. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, as we mentioned before, so games we've had for the previous anniversaries were Dissidia, Theatrhythm, which um, is a similar game to Dissidia, but obviously based around music. Uh, we had the anniversary editions of 1 and 2. Uh, we The remake of 4 came out for the first one. Um, the second one had, well, there was also the Final Fantasy Tactics remake that came out in the first one, War of the Lions. Then we had the anniversary ultimate box for the 25th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but there wasn't really anything else too significant. I think Dissidia was obviously the big one. They wanted to have that as the yeah. the ultimate. We're going to pull everyone in the franchise together. I still remember when it came out and I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. I was just so excited for um, Dissidia to come out and just everything about it just seemed so cool. I was really sad that I didn't have a PSP at the time, but I was still excited either way. Yeah, and obviously Theatrhythm was... I don't, I, when they announced it, I think people were kind of quietly happy about it. I was really but happy about when it. it came when it actually came out, yeah. I think the whole thing was that everyone was like, why have you not done this before now? Yeah. Like, out of all the video game franchises that exist, and music rhythm games have been popular for a long time. Especially in Japan. Final Fantasy is the video game music franchise. Like, it yeah. has the biggest concerts. It's got the fam- most famous composers has by far the biggest following why is it taking you till the 25th anniversary of the franchise to do a music based game because they wouldn't have a nice little selection of, of music a nice little chunk they did have a chunk and then with curtain call obviously they added even more oh my gosh yeah with curtain call they added pretty much everything they could but no i i really loved theater them i thought that was a great way to celebrate everything so yeah, I guess um, to lead this on somewhere, Lawrence, we should talk about what we think is going to happen. Hmm. Before we get onto that, though, the only two confirmed things that I'm aware of so far, games-wise, are obviously the Zodiac Age Final Fantasy XII is going to be coming out this year. Although we have no actual release date, we've just heard 2017 rumblings. And um, the Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood expansion is going to be coming out this year. But other than that, they have been very quiet quiet yes yeah, very Although, quiet what's his name um namora has been saying things that there's some surprises coming up not necessarily for final fantasy 7 remake or kingdom hearts 3 but there's some surprises coming up so i don't know necessarily what that means well i will add actually there are some other games that have been announced that i don't know if we're gonna even get but they are all coming out obviously a king's tale got delayed from last yeah, year to the anniversary year I don't know and, if that's... Um, yeah, that's probably not intentional. And uh, Dissidia Opera Omnia got delayed from last year into the anniversary year. So there's two things. And uh, obviously there's um, All-Star Carnival, the yeah. them, which may get some kind of release this year on consoles. I don't know. 
but yeah, that's pretty much all we know about. So, but there are some potentials. Yeah, I definitely think that the city arcade should be in the running. That, that as a seems like a no-brainer to I me. Know. If they miss that opportunity, like that would be so sad. I mean, also because it's the tenth anniversary. Well, coming up for the tenth anniversary of Dissidia yeah. as a franchise, so you know it's the perfect time for them to think about porting that to the PS4. I mean, the only reason I can think that they haven't done it so far because obviously the exclusivity expired in November of last year. Yeah, they are announcing new characters still all the time. They just had Kuja. Um, it just maybe they're waiting for that thirtieth, thirty-first anniversary, or sorry, thirty-first of January event to announce the game, and it's going to come out later this year. Yeah, they've had so long to work on it, then that I don't understand how it could then take a massive period of time to come out. So they could easily announce it in January and have it come out in six months' time. Yeah. Because it's been developed on a PS4 architecture already. Yeah. With this in mind. Yeah. It, so it has to come out this year. It just has I mean, to. when is the Nintendo Switch coming out? Uh, March, I think. March. So, I mean, yeah, like, even if it was the case of, like, the rumor that we've been hearing going around about how... Well, um, the rumor was that the it was going to be a launch title. was going to be a launch title, which hasn't... Happen. obviously come to fu- uh, fruition but maybe maybe they just haven't announced it yet i don't know but either way yeah no i definitely think that they would miss a big trick if they if they cut out the city arcade um and then uh we obviously have the last two anniversaries that we had the city and then we have theatre which yeah. are both part of the same universe they're yeah. to do with the chaos cosmos thing they're a compilation of all the characters uh fighting good versus evil there may honest, be another game that is the next strand on from Dissidia mm, and Theatrhythm. They've done fighting, they've done music. What's the next thing they could do? To Ra- be honest... Chocobo Racing coming back, yes. Uh, well, yeah. But to be honest, um, sort of thinking, they probably should have just left World of Final Fantasy until now. Because that is like the perfect celebration game yeah i mean they, they've and like added noctis to it as well like if they'd have thrown a in a few more characters then yeah it would have been that would have been like an ultimate ode to final fantasy and, and if they they could have just delayed it yeah six months and then said yeah we've made this as an anniversary title then everyone would just go crazy and buy it even more than they did already yeah exactly because it's an anniversary title exactly yeah they missed a trick there um, I'm guessing that they might have, I mean, if they've added Sora, they might have some other characters this year to World of Final Fantasy, just as I've, a sort of aside. It depends what else is going on. I mean, yeah. clearly they're already adding Sora because they want to promote Kingdom Hearts 2.8. It's a tie-in launch yeah. thing. It happened when Kingdom Hearts 2.8 came out. Yeah. Um, They clearly didn't anticipate Final Fantasy 15 happening after, so they no. didn't plan on Noctis because otherwise that would have made sense for them to add exactly. in. Exactly. Um, there's not, I mean, at the moment, the only other thing they could do is for Final Fantasy 12, but like, we don't know when that's coming out. Is anyone, I mean, I even saw people complaining about the fact that Sora is being added because they're like, no one's playing World of Final Fantasy anymore. Mm. Probably quite valid, yeah. actually, because I mean, even though that game came out two months ago, well, three months ago, mm-hmm. people have kind of forgotten about it already because of Final Fantasy 15. So yeah. it had that month period where everyone was absorbed with it. Yeah. But then after that, it just kind of got just Forgotten fell, about. fell away yeah. because, because of Final Fantasy 15. Which is a shame, 15. really. But, but at least it had its time. Um, but other than that, uh, I was sort of thinking, you know, um, the only other thing I can think of that they would probably do or a good idea that they could do is to do something special with Final Fantasy 15, especially since at the moment they're having like the Chocobo Moogle carnival. If they did something special within Final Fantasy 15, I can imagine them doing something. They, yeah. I mean, like this is the first event they're doing they've got all the dlc coming up they've been very clear about the fact they're going to be doing lots of free updates they're going to be adding more story to the game they basically want to make it a persistent game like destiny and the witcher and stuff where there's content being added all the time there's a reason to keep playing it the only other thing i could see them maybe surprising us with is perhaps an hd collection of Final fantasy 7 so they release re-release uh crisis core hd on PS4 release possibly just Final Fantasy 7 um slightly updated graphics they could just use on the PC PS4 version or use the PS uh the PC version and then uh, Dirge of Cerberus and uh I or mean, add just Advent Children treat it like the Kingdom Hearts things and have game uh game game movie that well, the, sort of the thing the movie would be before Crisis or the movie could be before Crisis because either way um I think that 
that would tie in well with the Final Fantasy VII 20th anniversary. It would tie in well with the 30th anniversary. And it would be all in the lead up to Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that's what Nomura typically does because yeah. the uh, 1.5, 2.5, and then 2.8 have all been done to build up to Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of would make sense because, yeah, you've got a PSP game that can easily be upscaled. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a mobile phone game, which, of course, happened with Kingdom Hearts, and they turned that into the movie version. Uh, no, no, it's uh, 358, right? So they condensed yeah, that. Yeah, 358 like, all, all the ones that weren't on PlayStation basically got condensed into a movie. Yeah, essentially. Recoded. Dirge of Cerberus, again, that's a PlayStation 2 game, so they could easily do an HD version of that. Uh, and Advent Children already has a, a Blu-ray version. so yeah. they could... I think it would be a cool thing. And then maybe if they have like a statue with it or something, I think that would be a cool way to celebrate Final Fantasy VII and um, also celebrate the anniversaries. I mean, you know, what's really got me going is the fact that Nomura is saying that there's a surprise coming up. And the fact that like, I mean, obviously he would kind of know about it. And since that's a property that he's quite tied to, for me, it makes sense, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put all my money on it. But I think it would be a good way to, um, good way to go about it. On that note, there's obviously the um, potential for the Final Fantasy 13 collection, because even though all three games came out on the PlayStation 3, mm. they have never been released together, which seems like a massive missed trick to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that I want to use Ubisoft as an example, but. I mean, it makes sense when you've got like a, a collection. The, yeah. It's basically the Lightning Trilogy. Yeah. Well, they did it with Final Fantasy X, X, II. Why not do it with the Thirteen Trilogy? Yeah, like it, it's a, an easy way to get more sales for an existing game because they don't have to remake the games. No. Nope. Unless they're going to put them on PS4, they could do slight enhancements, which again, they've already shown they're willing to do with Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, it seems like a, a no-brainer to me that they would tie them all together and release them as a package. And then there's also the potential for uh, Final Fantasy XV Game of the Year Edition. Mm. It's, I mean, not that you have to win awards to do a Game of the Year Edition. Everyone seems to just pump them out if the game's big enough and they think it's going to sell. But it has been actually winning some Game of the Year yeah. uh, certificates. So um, a Game of the Year makes sense. Um, I don't know when it would come out. Depends what how long the season pass is going to take to do because the yeah. game of the years typically contain all the DLC. Yeah. Um, and then there's the potential for a PC release as well. They said it was going to take a while after, but, you know, by the end of the year, you're looking at a year. So, yeah. and um, from what you can see from Steam sales, people will buy it. Like, yeah. They might get another half a million to a million sales for the PC version of Final Fantasy 15, especially... Because they were bigging up the graphics that would be possible on the PC version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it would be an interesting turn for them. But other than that, the only other thing that we were sort of talking about that we think would probably be unlikely for this year is um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, which is kind of a shame, but like understandable at the same time because it's like just the team. Like... They they are notorious for announcing things way too early, and um, like I doubt I doubt that they get it out. Yeah, I mean Nomura has he did that interview last week, I think it was, where he spoke about the fact that you know they're still going to be a while away. Um, that and Kingdom Hearts three, and it's like, yeah, why do you, why and why announce these games so far in advance? Because Final Fantasy seven remake was announced over two years ago now. And uh, two years, yeah, 2015, E3. Yeah, 2015. And like, it, what's the point? Mm. Or was it 2016? No, it was, it 2015. was 2015. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're coming up for two years. Um, it's not going to come out this year. Like, why? Why was it necessary to announce it, especially with Final Fantasy 15 coming out? Like, I know and, and, it just seemed and, like yeah. And in the interview, he basically said that. They haven't even decided, well, they may have decided, he's just not projecting outwardly, but he said they haven't decided which event, he won't, basically, he said that they want to share some information about the game this year, but they haven't even decided where they're going to do it. Yeah. So it could be E3, it could be Gamescom, it could be TGS, could be Jump Festa, could be Paris Games Week, could be anywhere. They don't know yet. And like, that, I mean, to me, that says they're not going to be releasing the game this year. Mm. Could be 2018, could be 2019. We don't know. I mean, Nomura has a terrible track record for getting games out of the door. Yeah. 
He does, and, and he's working on two at the same time. And it's not too small. It's not like the Kingdom Hearts games where they're on the P- PSP and the yeah. and the 3DS and the, and the DS. These are both two PS4 and Xbox One games. They're full on hardcore, massive production teams. I mean, the Kingdom Hearts ones. He basically just supervised, and it was shipped off to an external studio. Yeah. Whereas these are all in inter- well, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake. They've done yeah. the same thing. But like it's it's a big undertaking. Like yeah. being the director of one game at a time is t- is tough. Yeah. Two, and then you've got the fact that he's also working on the Dissidia arcade as an advisor. He yeah, worked on he worked on. He has a hand in everything. I, I, I will just say I don't I don't think that Nomura is the best director, but I think that he's a great designer and I think he's a great advisor. But I don't think he has the organization skills it seems like he's like one of those people who will dream and dream and dream and just keep dreaming of things and try keep trying things um keep updating things that don't need to be updated but just because he wants it to fit his vision he'll keep thinking up things and he kind of gets lets it get away from himself and i feel like he can't he wants he kind of lets things get away from himself and um i i have a really bad feeling that he's going to do the same with Final Fantasy 7. He's going to keep thinking of ways that he can make things better within the game instead of just thinking, okay, well, we have this great base material. Let's just update it, revamp it, and make it look great. Because I mean, like things like redesigning Barrett, like there was, it was not even necessary to give him glasses. Like why even redesign him? And the stupid thing is that they split this game into multiple parts as well so they could kind of put them out quicker and if the fact they can't even get the first part out in what like three years after announcing it or two or three years after announcing it like when's the next part going to come out yeah unless they're working i mean uh roberto ferrari did kind of allude to an interview that he has already finished working on the first part and he's already working on the next next two parts mm-hmm. um so maybe they're starting to work on the next ones already yeah but then just just get this one out i know just get it out i know like space them out maybe or either that they're gonna get the first one out and then release the next ones really quickly afterwards mm-hmm. like maybe they're gonna come out 2018 2019 2020 as opposed to like 2017 2019 <laughs> 2021 yeah but like it's really yeah it's un- it's looking unlikely that even though it's two big anniversaries for the yeah, franchise, yeah. that the game's going to come out this year. We hate to be Debbie Danners, but it's just like the reality of the situation. And, you know, it's it's good to talk about, but it's also quite sad as well. But anyways, on to bigger and better things. Um, I mean, there's some off-the-wall sort of theories about what could happen this year. Yeah, there's been no um, evidence to suggest that these will happen. No. It's just uh, these are potential things that we know about that are, that are kind that of... That might be rolling around in the ethos. Yeah. And yeah, so the first one is, of course, Final Fantasy sixteen, which some people have been saying will be another online title, which I'm I just have to laugh at because I'm sorry, like... That would just require so many resources. And also, Final Fantasy XIV is doing amazingly well right now. Yeah. they All they're going to do is just do more expansions on that. Like, I mean, granted, there are... It's it's still about the same distance of time between... Um, only a little less between Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV, the original Final Fantasy XIV, about seven, about seven years since the original Final Fantasy XIV was released. And then... Yep. Final Fantasy 11 and Final Fantasy 14 was about nine years. So yep. the time is right, but I don't think we're quite ready yet for Final Fantasy 14 to yeah, be done. Yeah, I mean, the thing that kind of throws that out is because A Realm Reborn obviously only came out a couple of years ago now. Exactly. And it's it's growing. It's continuing now, to grow. It's doing really well. So it's not like maybe when that starts to kind of decline a little bit, but then... I think if they do another online Final Fantasy game, it's going to be vastly different. Yeah, they're going to have I to mean, really even Yoshida has said that he thinks that the MMO genre is like dying a death. So I doubt that he would be a part of it. <laughs> He'd probably be like, uh, no, sorry. Um, but either way, uh, Final Fantasy 16, yeah, it would be interesting I to think see if what they, they would could, do. If they could announce that this year, that would be a big signal of intent but only if they can have it released in 2018. Yeah, I don't want them announcing it this like, year. Like, they have to... 
going back to what they originally wanted to do and what they did used to do, they had a good main series game coming out every other year. Yeah. And that's what grew the franchise. And then, I mean, it's great. I'm actually doing a video right now about the uh, Final Fantasy VII compilation. And when Square Enix was formed, and in the years prior to that, when Yuichi Wada came on board, they had a strong mentality about expanding the games, uh, making them last longer, and doing all this stuff. But the problem was that then they diluted what actually made them popular in the first place. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that Final Fantasy VII had all these spin-offs that made it popular. It was the fact that it was Final Fantasy VII, and then Final Fantasy VIII followed, and Final Fantasy IX, and Final Fantasy X. And it was the strength of those individual games that made the franchise really great. It wasn't the Crystal Chronicles. It wasn't the Crisis Cores. Like, they helped to expand things, but they're never the main source. Mm-mm. And the fact that we haven't had many main series games is, is what's hurting it. And then the quality of them as well is, is hurt. Yeah. So, you know, if they could announce Final Fantasy 16 this year and have that come out next year, and then it'd be a very strong game. And I'm not, I'm not expecting it to be a world beater. Like, Final Fantasy games... They were never what like Final Fantasy X. I remember when it came out; like it got nineties in the review scores, but it wasn't like best game ever kind of thing. But yeah. I still loved it. Yeah, you know, like but, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and as, as long as there, you look at Final Fantasy fifteen. Some people don't like it. Some people there are obvious criticisms of it, but it's the potential it had. Mm. You know, if if someone can actually take a crack at it and do the game they wanted to do, and it, it doesn't end up being two person like the story that two different people wanted to do and characters that they didn't want to do and all this stuff, then it has a very good shot of, of actually doing something. But yeah. they've got to get it out. They've, yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen has sold very well. There's a lot of momentum behind the franchise right now. And people, if they have the next one, they can shove it out straight away. People will buy it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only other game, or sorry, another game that they have. Another oh, it's game not that, a game. It's a, uh, it's a concept. Another Another concept that they have um, that would be very interesting is if they did Agni's philosophy, because a lot of people have been asking for it, and well, I have a sneaking suspicion that they probably will. The interesting do thing it. about this, and I believe this is the case, but Agni's philosophy is the most viewed trailer they've ever released. Yeah, I think it would be silly if they weren't actually like considering it right now. Yeah, there's so much hype around it, and you know, obviously, Tabata has been using it as his tech demo show off things, and mm-hmm. but the fact that those technical demos have done so well and become so popular, yeah, they must be looking at it thinking, yeah. hold on a minute, this is this might be a goldmine right here, and if the story is done well and it's organized, it would be great, and um, yeah, so that's all I can really say about Agni's philosophy. I think it looks gorgeous. Then we have the potential type next. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that another type game will come out. I don't know if the hype is just not. I think there's there. still an interest there. I mean, it's never going to be a little bit. The, the games are never going to be as popular as the main series unless they do no. something amazingly well. But they're clearly keen to keep pushing that franchise. I yeah. mean, they just. Well, then again, Type Zero Online just had its name changed to type, to Final Fantasy Awakening yeah. in China. But, yeah. you know, they put the trailer out there. There was interest around it following that trailer. If they did announce Final Fantasy Type Next, then, or Type 1 or Type 2 or whatever it's going to be called, then there, I think people would be interested. I just don't think it's a game that Tabata would be interested in doing anymore. Hmm. Possibly not. I think, yeah, I... It almost is like he told the story that he wanted to tell and now he wants to move well, on. Well, I mean, I'd, when he did Type Zero, I don't think there was any intention or any kind of notion in his mind that he would become the the ma- next main series director. No. So with all due respect to Type Zero, he's kind of above that now. Yeah. And, you know, it's if he was going to do another type game, it would have to be given the same level of care and budget and development as a main series game would be yeah. for him to get professional and personal satisfaction out of it. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to get that. No. Which then leads us on to the next one because we know he's working on something. They've already yeah. been promoting for the jobs on the Square Enix website. Is he working on a new IP? Could that be Agnes' philosophy? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But oh, we know, I really hope it is. We know he's working on something. Like even with Final Fantasy fifteen doing its stuff, he was already planning the next th- the next project, irrespective yeah. of how fifteen turned out. Yeah. So we may get an announcement about what that is. Again, Tabata is getting a lot of hate right now because of certain things, but I think there's a lot of people that have appreciated what he actually did. Yeah. 
and he got the game out. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I just think like Agni's philosophy, at least the characters within it just look so like a Tabata style like game that I just think it would be awesome if he was actually working on it. Um, and then on top of that, we have a new Toriyama project under works. Um, although he's working on uh, something else at the moment, isn't he? Well, I mean, there's the the potential that he's kind of taken over Mobius in the short yeah. term. Um, but, you know, he hasn't really been vocal. He's been kind of under yeah. wraps for a while. So you know, there's the potential that he's working on something new. It may not be a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Again, who knows? Uh, as with Tabata, I mean, this new IP may may not be Final Fantasy yeah um but you know there's a definite uh there's definite clue that he's working on something he's just at work playing like uh pewdiepie's youtube simulator he's just replaying final fantasy 13 franchise over and over and over again yeah he's in his he's in his corner with his shrine to lightning just bowing constantly oh lightning oh goddess of the universe (laughs) oh my one creation no, um, <laughs> and then a new Ito project as well could be yes. on the horizon, which would be nice. Um, I recently played Final Fantasy VI, and then of course Final Fantasy IX had its thing out, and then of course Final Fantasy XII, uh, the Zodiac Age. Yeah, so uh, it would be nice. I mean, we know he's working on the Zodiac Age; he's a kind of a supervisor on that, but he's been working on smaller ips within from square enix so like i think he worked on a popcap games thing like, yeah it's like smaller mobile games but hashimoto did say i think it was in 2013 that ito is kind of proposing ideas to them about big projects and um you know that was four years ago coming up to yeah. now so if maybe he's the one that well there was that big theory that he's the one that's working on final fantasy 16 yeah um so that's a potential yeah if any of those things happen if any of those six games happened that's a good year for me yeah like, it's if they true could, if they could announce final fantasy 16 agnes philosophy the next type zero game tabard has got a new ip toriyama's got a new ip and ito's got a new game any of those yeah. I'd, be, I'd be pretty happy as long as it's not being announced too early Yes, if they can announce it within a year or two of a anna- of uh, or if they can release it within a year or two of announcing, then I'm happy. Yeah, then I'm happy. All right, so let's move on to some news. News. It's actually a really short news blast memo kind of thing. We just wanted to let everyone know that the Final Fantasy 15 Moogle Chocobo Carnival event starts today, the 24th looks, of January. It looks so cute. It, it looks does. so cute. I mean, the the fact that like. He has this little shirt that has a little Moogle on it, a little Moogle head on it. Yep, and the uh, the uh, sombrero. Yeah, the sombrero costume. Oh, he looks like a little mariachi band member. They're so cute. Um, but no, it, it looks like a lot of fun. It's kind of sad that it's temporary, that it can't just stay. But um, it's going to be going until the 19th of February, which is our fifth anniversary. Yeah, and uh, you have to have downloaded the holiday pack from the PlayStation Store, Xbox Store, if you want to be able to play this. It's not Mm. an automatic download. It doesn't come in with a patch or anything like that. You actually have to have downloaded that add-on. But when you do, there's going to be access to, as Laura said, new costumes. There's going to be even more than the two they've mentioned, I believe. There's going to be those quests for you to do. There's going to be mini games that you can race around, Altissia and the Chocobo. There's going to be assault courses you can do, I think, the shooting games. New frames for um, Prompto. Prompto's I think they're already live, though. Foes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's going to look I, I, It's going to look so cute. It's going to be so much fun. I I want to get the little Mugle costume for It's Ali. going to be interesting to see what kind of stuff that is actually in the game yeah or that it adds because obviously final fantasy 15 has been out for a couple of months now mm-hmm. um like the interest in it is is kind of starting to fade away a bit and um it'll, obviously they're going to use this to try and draw people back into playing it again and it'll be interesting to see quite what kind of how much depth they add yeah um, because you know maybe this is going to be something they do every couple of months uh, and then they have the DLC, like the paid DLC coming in between. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see see what happens with that. All right. So that's it for news. I mean, yeah. it's really small, but... Um, we kind of covered other bit, like this, the Numero interview, but there's not really been that much kind of going on no, at the moment. No, they've kind of gone silent. Yeah. But um, so now we have some questions that we had from last uh, episode. Sorry, uh, you guys who asked... Um, we like started recording and then we got like an influx of like 50 questions. And so 
we're uh, hoping to answer a few of them now. So this first one is from Mubaka, who asks, which would you prefer, Square Enix support Final Fantasy XV with patches and DLC, or Square Enix pile their resources into Final Fantasy VII Remake or Final Fantasy XVI? I would prefer the second option because um, you shouldn't need patches because the game should work. and modern development that's just not feasible um but i i still have a bugbear about dlc i I don't like it Um, yeah there's very few games that do it well i think mass effect is probably one of them i think fallout does it well i think like like, fallout games games, it's it's like the way they're doing with final fantasy 15 to be blunt pisses me off yeah where it sounds like it's going to be well again i I may be jumping the gun here but it sounds like it's just going to be bit filling in bits of the story Mm-hmm. that should have already been in the game and yeah like, whereas uh, like mass effect and fallout it's nothing to do with the main game no it's additional stuff it's it's exploring like post game story stuff exactly or bridging the gap between the ne- like mass effect 2's dlc was bridging the gap between D- mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 stuff that if you didn't play it didn't really matter that much um and that's what dlc obviously is about but it's it's supplemental things it's not core like the way they did 13 twos was just abysmal yeah i i mean how did they ever think that was a great idea square enix don't have the great track record with dlc i, I get worried whenever they talk about it yeah um and i got really worried about final fantasy 15 and then when we when we saw that they actually cut out like story bits well allegedly uh cut out story bits for the DLC, like, it just really made me angry. And I know that some people, like, it's fair enough, you know, games are really, really heavy budget. Like, really, 60 pounds might be a bit a bit less yeah, they to need pay to claw for. The, they need to claw the money back somehow. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, I feel like it's dangling a cookie in front of everybody. I think it's just unfair that, you know, you expect everybody to just buy DLC uh, it should be supplementary. It shouldn't be something that you have to buy in order to get the full experience of the game. Yeah, but, and that's why the Fallout works quite well because yeah. it's stuff there where it's nothing really to do with yeah. the main game. It's just random stuff. Even that- The Sims 4, like they kind of realized their mistake in leaving out the toddlers because toddlers were in uh, Sims 3 and Sims 2. But, I mean, they added in toddlers now. that It's crap. I mean, the game is buggy as hell. But they added in toddlers free of charge because they knew they effed up and they had to add them in and they sh- they weren't going to pay us so for yeah, it. I'd say that I'd rather them pile their resources into making new games because, I mean, it's, I guess, antiquated approach but or an antiquated mindset. But I remember Final Fantasy VIII. That didn't have any DLC. Yeah. Neither Final Fantasy IX or Final Fantasy X. It didn't ruin my enjoyment of the game. I didn't need the DLC to make it a better game. No. Uh, why can't why can't these games be treated a bit the same? And then when they do DLC, I mean, Final Fantasy X, uh, 13 2 had some good options. Like the things that they can claw money back on are, are like the Assassin's Creed costume, like the Mass Effect yeah. costumes, the, the different um, like additional things that you can do that don't really change anything. All they've got to do is look at the free to play market, like League of Legends. The the way they make their money back from DLC is stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like you can you can pay money to unlock champions, but you can get them anyway if you just put enough time into the game. It doesn't ruin your experience though either way. They still enable everyone to have access to the champions on a weekly basis through the random pick. Um and skins. Yeah. Like, and they make and like they've made so much money from just that model. Yeah. Cause the whole thing is is that like a game is just about is just as much about like releasing a game on time and within the budget as much as it's like customer satisfaction you don't want to make your (laughs) not very rich uh fan base um upset because they feel like they're being cheated out of money especially the ones who spent like 200 pounds on the collector's edition and they don't even get the dlc i think that is just vile i think that was absolutely horrible but there again, I guess they do that in other ones as well. I yeah, mean, it's not Uncharted, Uncharted probably did that with their ultimate. Um, See, so yeah, I'd rather they focus their resources but yeah. on, on... Yeah, to answer the question, I'd rather they focus as well on uh, new games rather right, than DLC. so the next question we have is from Zach Porter. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Hi, Zach. Um, how do you guys feel about summons having a smaller role within Final Fantasy XV? I liked it. Um, I think that, you know, 
summons do get forgotten about quite a bit in Final Fantasy games. The only game that I've really used my summons in was probably either Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy X. Like Final Fantasy X, I really used the summons like all the time. And um, I mean, I just, I I prefer it. I, I don't know. I mean, I liked that they were a part more of the story than the gameplay because I just forget about them. I just am a hack slash kind of girl. I just like to go in and get the job done and then leave. So I don't know. I, I liked the way that they handled summons in this game. And I loved the epic cutscenes that they had as well and the music changes and that kind of stuff. Like I love those little bits and pieces i i didn't you didn't no i thought i mean i've seen so many people going through the same experience where once you get to a certain point in the game you can never even summon the summons anymore because Mm. they only come in when you're having a bad time yeah like there's no whereas in the previous games like final fantasy 10 you could like it was a strategic thing yeah pretty much every single game you can summon them whenever you want whereas final fantasy 15 you can't they're situational and you can't even pick the one you want to summon Mm. so it's like, well, if I wanted to see Ramu come up or Titan or Leviathan, I have to get myself all beaten up. And then even then they might not decide to come. So like that annoyed me. <laughs> not that I would massively use them. Like Final Fantasy X is the only one I really did because like, if you want to do well, you obviously have to go in with the overdrives and stuff and, and they act as a sacrificial lamb yeah. for your party. But um, yeah, no, I mean, normally I wouldn't use them yeah. too much, but... Like, it's the option. You yeah. Know? Like, Final Fantasy IX, I liked it because the first time you get one, you see the cool animations and stuff. And yeah. Then some of the time you would use them. Final Fantasy VIII, I definitely used them. Eden was awesome. Yeah. Um, I like Cerberus, the triple. The break damage. Break damage. Triple. Um, but, yeah, with Final Fantasy XV, I, I, I was a bit put off by the fact that it was... It, was, uh, it was, wasn't really... It wasn't a player choice when you got to use them. Yeah. And even, like, towards the end of the game, there's obviously a very poignant scene uh where they play a massive role and again it's it's nothing to do with you yes yeah. it's, it's it's mandated to you when you can use them yeah i can see that i guess it's like almost like their sort of way of controlling the narrative a bit um but i i don't know i i didn't mind all right this next question is from rachel aka urban ray um what do you reckon to prompt those photo skills I think he's a very devilish man. I don't understand how the heck he can take photos while battling. I mean, I just, I wouldn't even think of that while battling something. I would say that he has a knack for taking very inappropriate pictures. Yeah, I've seen ones where um, certain people's uh, members were replaced with arms and swords. Uh, I've seen certain pictures where certain people's heads are up certain people's asses. Yes, there have been very many a time. It's uh, it's very interesting. I think it was a really cool feature to put in, actually. I yeah, was a I bit, thought it was fun. I was a bit unsure about it in the first place, but, you know, it's quite fun when you when you go through a, a, a save or whatever and, and you see the pictures coming up and you're like, oh, I had no idea that was going to happen that way. Or it, and sometimes when you're fighting in battles, especially like in the dark and stuff, the, the colors and everything look amazing. Yeah. So I thought it was quite funny. I like the fact that they've decided to finally add in the... Uh, the ability to take your own pictures yeah that's that's nice yeah that is quite nice but yeah no i i i thought they were funny i love the photo ops as well um where you can sit on the bench with like little um kenny crow kenny crow yeah i thought that was funny and like just stuff like that and then the whole thing with the kadobo pass i think that was so cute okay so our next question is from preston navarro and he wants to know how hard it how hard was it getting close to Nyx and Kingslave, then moving to Noctis in Final Fantasy XV? Because obviously it's two different protagonists. I honestly have a really big bone to pick with Kingslave and Final Fantasy XV, if only because I do not like at all that Kingslave feels completely unrelated to Final Fantasy XV. I mean, there's so much about it. The only thing that seems similar is King Regis, and that's about it. Like, but, I mean, there are similarities there. It's the, it's, it's more the oh. fact that it doesn't seem like the narrative is consistent there's so many inconsistencies i i don't consider nix to be a final fantasy 15 character just because he there's there's nothing like there's nothing there's no mention of him there's nothing well, granted I mean, there wouldn't be yeah it kind of makes sense because even if you read sense. the prologue to final fantasy 15 
Noctis doesn't worlds. even know, like, the, the Kingsglaive are very outsider yeah. kind of people. Like, there's no reason why Noctis would have fine. known who they were. I can completely accept that. My problem is, is that their worlds are completely different. Because, like, I mean, you think about how barren the world is in Kingsglaive and how, like, run down it looks and that sort of thing. And then in Final Fantasy XV, it's all happy-go-lucky. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm going to fix your car. Yay. But to answer the question, Lawrence. Yes, yeah, sorry. How was it going from Nyx to Noctis? Um, I didn't think it, it was too difficult, to be honest. I just... I, I knew that... I mean, Nyx kind of just came out of the air. Yeah. Six months before the film came out. Like, yeah. we didn't even know Nyx was a character. They just kind of pucked him out of the air. No. Whereas Noctis, we've known about for 10 years. So... I was always of the impression that Noctis was going to be the main character. Yeah, I Nyx, never kind of... I know, I don't even think of Nyx as a protagonist, to no, be honest. No, Nyx just... doesn't even come into my thought process. I mean, that's nothing That's nothing to the character. I thought that Nyx was an alright character, but it just really... Because they had no me. role to play in Final Fantasy XV, it makes them their importance They're redundant. diminished. Yeah. yeah. Because like, Libertas as well, like and Crow... There's a, there's a load of different characters from the Kingsclave. If they had a role in Final Fantasy XV, I would have had a like it would have probably made it more difficult transitioning from Nyx to Noctis because you'd see them. But I mean, it it's just it just what happened. I mean, like you yeah. know, I remember reading the Mass Effect novel, and um, I can never remember the guy's name actually. Um, but the the main character in the novel, who um, Anderson, that's it. Um, he's with Saren. When you play the game, he's not the main character anymore. Yeah. He's someone that your main, the main like shepherd talks to yeah. as an advisor, um, and that was a nice transition. So I don't, I don't understand why they couldn't have done that with, yeah. with Nix. Yeah, why, why they couldn't have made or written the story so that they he could have been in Kingslave in or oh, sorry in Final Fantasy XV in some way, or some of them could have been in some way. Yeah, yeah, just some kind of reference to them. But either way, all right. Our last question is from Brun Zero. He asked apparently a ton of questions, but this was the one that we decided with. Uh, what was your favorite weapon class, and what was your favorite classic soundtrack to jam in in the car? German, um, to I, jam too, rather. Yeah, I ended up using the sword. Um, I did try using the great sword. It's probably the best option. Well, the engine blade, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. sword is. Yeah, it, it's a sword. Yeah, sword. Thank you, Darius. Um, yeah, so I ended up using the sword class a lot. And then th- I mentioned, I think, in the podcast, but the thing that bugged me about that was the fact that it didn't matter what class you used. No. Because even though in the tutorial with Carbuncle, they talk about the fact that, oh, certain enemies are weak to this and strong to that, blah, blah, blah. It makes no difference whatsoever. I did try to f- I did try to, um, try to follow it a little bit. Um, I liked using the dragon lance quite a I bit. I hated the lance. I've never, I, I never used any guns. Fun. I never used any daggers. I just sword and great sword. The other ones just annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I did use the engine blade. I must admit, quite a bit. But um, I did like, I did like switching it up a bit. I just thought it was fun to just switch through them, and I loved the way that you could switch the um the blades. In I this didn't game. even use any of the uh, the royal arms either. I didn't use the royal arms really. No just because of the detriment that they caused. Um, but as for what was my favorite classic soundtrack, I'm going to have to say Final Fantasy X, because that's my favorite soundtrack. I didn't listen to the car radio, really. really? I started off, but then once, you, once I figured out fast travel, I just didn't bother anymore. Oh, that's true. So um, I will say that the first time when I was driving down the kind of windy road to Golden Key, I was listening to the Final Fantasy VII prelude. Oh. And, it, you know, it kind of... Touched your feels. It was was good. Um, I just like Seymour Battle. I kind of just listened to Afrojack. Yeah, you were really addicted. Oh my God, he listened to that like every day, all day, every day. Yeah, which is sad because we were were very scathing of the Afrojack usage. (laughs) We weren't. You were. I was very scathing. You were very scathing because it's too mainstream. It was just weird. Well, no, okay. So uh, it was it was the <laughs> fact that they use it in the Sony conference. If they'd use it in the Xbox conference, I probably would have understood a bit more. Oh, oh, really? Oh, now you're insulting Xbox people. Damn right Good I am. Good job, Daryl. Damn right I am. Good all, job. All 4% of you. No. <laughs> oh, that is harsh. In our Japanese audience. Yes, sorry. Uh, no, it was a lot more Xbox One people that bought the game than 4%. It's okay, Daryl. It's okay. You don't um, have to explain yourself. You're, you're we already explained it on that episode of the podcast. I know. I, I don't know. have to explain anything. It's okay. It's okay. 
Would you like right, to do the so, music session? Uh, yeah, so um, thanks to everyone who asked questions. Yes, uh, thank you guys. We will try and prod you for questions in advance of podcast recording. Yes, yeah, so that we can actually fit if you not, guys in. If please, not, please just send us questions. I make a log of them all. <laughs> I do. I genuinely do. And we will try to ask as many as we can if it relates to what we're talking about. But yeah. most of the time, we'll. I'll just shove them in. Just just tweet at us and Willy ask nilly. us stuff. Yep. Yeah. All right, so the music for this episode is from Final Fantasy XV. It's actually an arrangement of a non-Final Fantasy XV, Final Fantasy XV song, Stand By Me, uh, and it's performed by Atten Piano. Ooh. Yeah. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 7th of February, and of course you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Final Fantasy. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel as well. We've got over 15,000 subscribers now. Final Fantasy Union vids. And of course, you can check out every episode as well as all our recent news coverage by Brayden, Sorry 96 at FinalFantasyUnion.com. Also remember, if you would like to support the show, then please head over to Patreon.com forward slash FFKSUnion. You can get badges from Lauren. Yay! You can even come on the show. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Lauren, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, guys. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>